Hey friends, welcome to a whole new thing. I'm Mark Alanchelski, and this is The Apprenticeship Way. Are you hooked by Jesus? Maybe you find his teaching compelling, or perhaps it was the engaging way that he lived his life that was all, all too often subversive in all the right ways. Maybe that intrigues you. Do you find yourself thinking sometimes about the possibility of what life lived in deep harmony with Jesus would look like? Or how, how this might impact a community or even a whole society? If that's true of you, then this podcast may be for you. First, a little more about you, and then some about me. If you're hooked by Jesus, there's a good chance you're one of two kinds of people. Maybe you're a person who didn't grow up with much of a religious background. Maybe, maybe none. And you're intrigued by what you know about Jesus. But the idea of getting entangled with the churches you see around you and everything they seem to stand for just does not interest you. If that's you, I hear you. I feel the same way, and I'm a pastor. Or maybe you're a person who spent some time in church, maybe a lot of time over the course of your life, and for all the talk about Jesus, the truth is that the time and effort you spent being a good Christian didn't seem to make a real difference in who you are. I mean, you got better at doing church activities, and you learned more Bible and doctrine, and you certainly learned how to fit into a particular subculture, but you wonder if any of that made much difference in your ability to live well or love well, or even whether you have any sense of connection to God at all. At some point, going through the motions and fitting into that subculture and reciting the same platitudes, it stops feeling like it matters. Well, no wonder where you are. I think the truth is, in the deep places of your heart, you've wondered to yourself, there has to be more than this, right? If that's you, I know exactly how that feels. I spent a lot of years in that place. I'm a child of the church. My dad was a pastor. I've been in a church building at least a couple of times a week, most every week since I was born. I got all the credentials of a good church kid. Church school through eighth grade, uh, Christian summer camps every summer, both as a camper and then as a staff member, countless vacation Bible schools and prayer meetings and revivals and discipleship classes to my name. When you grow up deep in a culture like I did, you know the insider language. You also know the unspoken meaning behind some of those words. One example, we spent a lot of time talking about a relationship with God. You've heard that phrase, right? Christianity was good because it wasn't a religion, it was a relationship. That was a selling point. We talked about how to have a relationship with God. We talked about how we could damage our relationship with God. The most important thing in our lives was to take care of this relationship so that God could be near us. When our pastors and youth leaders wanted to know how we were doing, they'd ask the big question, maybe, maybe you got this one. So how's your relationship with God going these days? Another way it was asked was, how's your walk? But I knew. My friends knew. Maybe if you grew up with this question, you knew too. That question, it was code. When someone asked about our relationship with God or our walk, what they really wanted to know was, how was our behavior? Were we reading our Bible every day? Were we obeying our parents, our teachers? Were we out there sinning? That question was code for, are you behaving in the right moral ways? And our answer to the question, well, that was code too. If we said we were doing pretty well in our relationship with God, that meant we weren't feeling guilty about anything lately. We're fine. If we answered that we were off track, that meant that we were doing some iffy things and were maybe feeling guilty enough to admit it out loud. Somehow, the language of relationship that was such a selling point got twisted into a measurement of performance. 
I mean, looking back on it now, years later, it seems crazy to me. But when you live inside of a performance-oriented subculture like the church I grew up in was, it's what you know. It's the way you relate to the whole world. Accumulating credit for good behavior was the name of the spiritual game. One summer camp I spent several summers at even gave out Jesus gems. Jesus gems. Literal rewards for good behavior given out in the name of Jesus. <laughs> it seems like whole swaths of modern Christian culture has never gotten past that mindset. You know, just trying to get more Jesus gems. But this way of thinking about God and the spiritual life, it left an emptiness in me. Any relationship that's really about performance isn't a good relationship. And when I spent time on my own, listening to Jesus' words, it seemed like he was talking about something different than I was experiencing. Jesus said, If anyone wants to come with me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. If anyone wants to come with me, that's an invitation, right? It's a call to go along, to head somewhere with Jesus. That surely seems like it had to be something more than just learning the right doctrine or memorizing the right verses or volunteering at church. Jesus also promised that we could learn from him. He said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me, because I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's another invitation, right? And look what it's not. It's not an invitation to join a club. It's not an invitation to join a particular political party. I mean, technically, it's not even an invitation to become a Christian. I mean, not in the way we often mean that word today. It's an invitation from Jesus to come along and learn. The imagery Jesus used in that, in that verse was the yoke. You know that old, that old device, that wooden beam that would go over the shoulders of a couple of cows or a couple of horses and they would be linked together so they could work side by side? That's the yoke. One side by side with the other working together. Well, in this invitation, Jesus seems to be promising a different kind of life where we would be side by side with him, mutually connected together. A life where we would learn by being with him, by doing life with him. And that just, that just didn't sound like anything at all in my experience of church. I suspect it probably doesn't sound much like your experience either. Over the long and often difficult, complicated history of Christianity, following Jesus has meant lots of different things. For some people, it meant belonging to a certain religious group. Or for some, it meant agreeing with a certain set of intellectual ideas about the universe or having gotten baptized in a certain way. For some other people, it meant living by Jesus' ethical teachings, you know, having an upright moral life. And for other people, it meant praying a certain kind of prayer and asking for Jesus to do what was necessary for God to not send them to hell. There are hundreds of other visions of what following Jesus looks like. But when we listen to Jesus, to Jesus' own words, doesn't it seem like his invitation is to something deeper? He invited us to learn from him. And when we read those words in the gospel, it surely seems like he meant something more than just learning his words that got written down in scripture. I mean, when he said those things, the words hadn't even been written down in scripture yet, and they wouldn't be written down in scripture for a while. It honestly seems, if we take him seriously, that Jesus expected us to learn from him through his ongoing presence, as if we were yoked side by side. Does that sound crazy? Does it sound mystical? In that day, 
Jesus said, this is to his followers that last night in the upper room, in that day, you will know that I am in my Father, you are in me, and I am in you. You and I, we live in this post-enlightenment world defined by a scientific worldview, getting our head around the idea that right now we are in Jesus and Jesus is in us, that's, that's tough. And yet, Jesus kept saying stuff like this. A little further in John, he said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we, he and his Father, will come to him and make our home with him. Well, what would it be like to have Jesus make his home in us? Not in some doctrinal sense, not some propositional truth that we agree with in our mind, but in an experiential way. What would it be like to know that right now, wherever we are sitting, wherever you're sitting, in the middle of whatever you're doing, you are in Jesus and Jesus is in you. And that that's not just a, a theological idea, but it is a real, transformative, lived experience. That sounds far more like a relationship than anything I learned about in church growing up. And it sounds much deeper. The more I read Jesus' words, the more evident it became to me. Jesus invited us into an ongoing, life-giving connection where we learn how to live life. This isn't just about us learning uh, facts about the Jesus of history. This isn't even us learning Jesus' words, you know, the red-letter words in the Bible. This is, this is all that, but it's something more. It's learning with Jesus. In our culture today, we're used to learning from a teacher in a lecture hall or from textbooks or from an online video that we find somewhere. You know, that expert uh, convinces us or persuades us, and they give us information, some bullet points, and we try to take it all in. But that's not what Jesus offered us. His first followers were called disciples. That's a good word. It means student. But unfortunately, the word disciple has gotten muddy in the history of the church. It sort of brings up this mental picture of bearded guys in robes and sandals. And putting ourselves into that picture, it's hard. A better word today, I think, is apprentice. That's exactly what they were. And it's exactly what I think Jesus has invited us into. An apprenticeship is a learning relationship. It's where we learn how to do life in a certain way, not from books or from lists of information, but by living and working beside the master. In Ephesians 4, Paul gives us a little peek at the blueprint. God's plan for us is that we would mature in the image of Jesus. That's an excellent description of the curriculum of our apprenticeship, to learn how to live like Jesus so that we can mature in the image of Jesus. That certainly means something for our moral behavior, and it means something for our beliefs about God, but it's deeper than that. It also means learning to relate to God the way Jesus did. It means learning how to live in an ongoing, vital connection to God that shapes every moment of our day, not just one day a week at the end of the week doing special sacred things in special sacred places. It means that as we grow, we mature. Those are different things, right? We're not just getting older, but we're maturing. And as we mature, our lives become more and more a manifestation of God's will in the world. And this transformation, this change in us isn't happening because we're trying real hard to keep up with some list of religious to-dos. It's, it's not happening because we're performing. It's happening because we're in the yoke. We're doing life side by side with Jesus. We are literally with him, and he is literally with us. This 
is the apprenticeship way. It is learning how to be with Jesus so that we can learn from Jesus and grow in a deep and ongoing connection with Jesus. Intrigued? Well, this is the path I'm pursuing, and it's what you'll hear about in this podcast. I'll be posting new episodes regularly, close to weekly most of the year. Most episodes will be about half an hour, give or take. Most episodes will be me talking, just like this. You might call them sermons, and that's not wrong. I am a pastor, after all, and I've been preaching now for 25 years. But my goal here isn't to preach at you. I'm not going to tell you what you have to do or what you have to be or some new measurement you've got to live up to in your spiritual life. I'm just going to be sharing my lived experience, my study, my reflection, and how these things have been tested in my own life and community. And, and because I love the art form of spoken word, I'm going to be working hard to make each episode as engaging and compelling as I can. I'm going to share with you my journey and the journey of other people I find, all of whom are pursuing the same goal, learning how to be with Jesus. From time to time, I'll post bonus episodes. These are going to be episodes in a different format. They might be interviews with interesting people who have something to say about this. They might be book reviews or other things that I think will help you on your journey. So that's the scoop. That's what you can expect from the apprenticeship way. We're going to learn together how to do life with Jesus. It doesn't matter if you call yourself a Christian or not. It doesn't matter if you attend church or not. The only thing that matters is that you are interested in knowing if it's really possible to live life in an ongoing connection to Jesus. So thanks for listening. And if any of this intrigues you, then subscribe. You'll find this podcast on iTunes. You can listen there or on my website or in any of the podcasting apps that'll shoot podcasting bits straight into your ears at your convenience. Until next time, I want you to know this. In this one present moment, where you are, you are loved, you are known, and you are not alone.